Welcome back to the weekly weigh-in. This is Alan Sterk here. Today we have a special episode. First exclusive interview. We have a story as finest, Mr. Jared Flesh Gordon. What's going on, Jared? What's going on, guys? How you doing? Of course, with my co-host Eric as well, and we're pretty hyped for this because Eric is. How long have you known Jared for? I mean, he's lived across the street from me for pretty much our whole lives. So unfortunately, decent amount of time. Unfortunately, yeah, he's he's out there. Oh. Well, I don't know how you take that, Jared. Hello? Yeah, can you hear us? Yeah, I can hear you. All right. Yeah, a little technical difficulties. Uh, So Jared has a fight coming up October 28th in Sao Paulo against Hakran Diaz. Uh, So you want to start off by telling us how that fight came about? Uh, Well, I was just uh, driving. I was on Dittmar's (laughs) driving and uh, Sean Shelby called me, and he asked me if I wanted to fight him. And I said, hell yeah, I do. Uh, I'm sure you guys know who Sean Shelby is, yeah, the matchmaker. Of course. For you, One of the matchmakers for UFC. And, um, and I was like, fuck yeah, I'll fight him. And then that was that. Was, <laughs> was there anyone else on, on the radar, or was that was just the first call you got and you just took it? Um, no, they didn't, they didn't give me anyone else's names, Yeah. but, um, it's a, I think it's a great fight for me. You know, he's, mm-hmm. he's coming off with two losses. And so I just was like, I said yes immediately. And plus when, when the matchmakers call you personally, you can't like say, yeah, let me think about it. You know, otherwise they look at you like, so they could have said, um, you're fighting, uh, Cain Velasquez tomorrow. And I would have said, all right. <laughs> What's the whole status of you know with weight cutting? Because uh, there's some rumors maybe you have to go to 155. Obviously, you're now you're staying at 145. Did they press you into it at all, or they're willing to actually, give you that chance? Actually, we're we're both moving up to 55 for this. Oh, that's that's a that's the first uh, anyone's hearing about that. So that's an exclusive news drop on this. Uh, so how, how do you how does that factor into your game plan? Any, anything different you're doing for this camp? Nope. Same shit. Higher weight. I'm fighting. I'm basically fighting a 45er at 55. So yeah. it doesn't really matter to me. I fought. I fought uh, like 10 times at 55. So you expect so, to go up to a faster start, be more explosive. Him or me? No, you. I don't know. I, I feel pretty good at both weights. So I don't think that's going to make that big of a difference, to be honest. So, I mean. I'll probably be a little, maybe it'll be a little, like, stronger. Mm. Because I'll, you know, not have to cut as much weight. I'll probably be heavier night of the fight, but I don't really see it being that much of a difference for me. Do, do you think it's advantageous for him? Because I know he's, for he's not someone who pushes the pace a lot, but you are. So do you think it helps him to not have to cut that weight as far as his cardio goes? I think it goes both ways because now he doesn't have to, he doesn't have to cut down to 45, so yeah, maybe he'll have like more in the gas tank. But then again, he probably won't do as much cardio as he normally would to get down to 45. So maybe his cardio won't be as good as mm-hmm. as it was, and he'll be carrying extra extra weight, extra muscle. Sometimes that slows guys down. But it's really not that big of a difference to me. I don't. If they asked me to fight him at 70, I would have fought him at 70. So. I mean, I don't think it. I don't think it really 
matters. It doesn't matter if it's going to make him better or not because I'm fighting him. I'm not fighting him at 45. I'm fighting him at 55. So it's like whatever. I could look at his past fights, but it doesn't matter. So I have to just focus on what's going to happen that night, and that's going to be me kicking his ass. So, Are you excited or somewhat dreading the whole experience of the Brazil? I know it varies with certain fighters. Oh. Fuck that! I'm I'm excited, man. <laughs> this is like a dream come true, you know. Is it like Brazil then Japan? Brazil? I would have liked to have fought in Japan too. Yeah, I would. I mean, people are like, "Oh, you got to go halfway across the planet." And yeah, that, I guess it could be a pain in the ass, but at the same time, I get to see another country for free. I'm getting paid to go to Brazil to fight someone. So I mean, I think it's pretty cool like f this is like my career and it's going to bring me places and that's what i want you know and i think another reason why fighters are kind of skeptical is the whole judging situation down there we've seen brazilians get someone favored on the scorecards but given your mindset this isn't going to go to judges scorecards no i i was actually talking to my coach today about that he said that he that the ufc might even be bringing their own judges so wow it's a refreshing change Sometimes they do that, like, but I've seen Americans win split decisions in Brazil, so. Yeah, I think Phil Davis did it once against Machida. That's the only time I recall, though. My friend did it. Gregor Gillespie did it. Uh. Pretty sure it was a split decision. It was a really close fight, and he won, and they, and they gave it to him. So, I mean, I think it might have been. I don't know if it was a split decision or not, but it was close, and they gave it to him. So, I mean, but I don't see it being a close fight. I see it me being... An ass kicking. So, can you you want to talk about this fight a little bit stylistically, uh, from like a pure style standpoint? A pure style standpoint. How does this how does this fight play out? So he trains with like Jose Aldo and Henan Barrow. Yeah, he mimics and I feel him a like lot. He's one of those guys that tries to mimic them, but he's not them. Mm -hmm. So his boxing is really not that great. He's got a good leg kick. And he doesn't like pressure. I'm a pressure fighter, so I know I'm going to be pushing the pace. I know my cardio is better than his. And I know I'm hungrier than him. Um, he'll have the crowd behind him, but I don't give a shit about that. So, I mean, I just see him being dangerous in the first like minute or two or three. Then he starts getting comfortable. Then he starts gassing. And then I put the pressure on and I finish him. In terms of you know, looking back on your performance last June, what's been like the biggest high point? Because obviously that was such a big rush. You got a lot of publicity coming off that win because it was very devastating. What's been like the high point? I mean, just getting in there and winning, finally getting my first win in UFC was, was the high point. But that's about it because, I mean, yeah, my pay went up, but I didn't get paid that much. And... I'm still just a guy that's 1-0 and in UFC, you know, so. You can get more publicity. Like, I, I listened to Anik in Florida, and Anik was giving you some major praise. Yeah, I got some some publicity, but what the hell does that mean, really? Like, I'm only 1-0. It's not <laughs> a good point. I'm not like 8-0 and in UFC, you know, I'm 1-0. and So, no one even knows who I am anymore. Like, they might, like, some of the people might remember me, but how many people really know who I am, you know? So, right now it's all about just, like, winning fights you know mm -hmm. just getting wins and and making exciting fights so 
it was cool to win and come back, and now I'm just back to, like, it's almost like I'm back to square one where I'm just having to, um, you know, get in there and whip someone's ass and put on a good show so I get more recognized. This guy's got a good name. You know, he's a UFC veteran, so it's time to go down there and beat up a, a, a like a, he's almost like a legend out there, I guess. Like, I wouldn't say he's a legend, but he's definitely very well known in Brazil. So I'm going to go down there and whip his ass and now I'll become way more well known, I think, after this one. Yeah, I was just about to say that. It's completely different, whereas Quinones was a, it was his first UFC fight also. This is a guy who was a couple, uh, two fights ago was ranked in the top 10 at featherweight, which is a, it's, was a stacked division, still is a stacked division. So it's, it's, completely, it's, it's completely different for you. Winning this fight is, is, is huge for your ranking and for, for your notoriety as well. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, this is, this is the kind of fight that I wanted and the kind of fight that I need, you know? So I think uh, I think he has like everything to lose, and I have everything to gain, you know. So um, he's you know coming off of two losses, like you know if he loses one more time, who knows what's gonna happen to him within UFC. And for me, it's like oh, it's like a win-win. Like it's almost like Conor fighting Mayweather. Like he loses, well, he just won a hundred million dollars, and he lost a. And he lost to Mayweather. If he wins, he's like the best athlete in the world. So, I mean, it's, I feel like it's like kind of like a situation like that where it's just a win-win situation for me. But I know I'm going to win, so it's not like... Do the options... Yeah, like, oh. like Connor. <laughs> Do the options at 155, does that excite you more? I know 145 is a pretty talented division, but everyone knows 155. That's a talent there just beyond crazy. Do you like look at yeah. a couple of fires there and you just get really excited about the possibilities? I mean, my goal is to get is to go back down to 45. I truly think that I'm like undersized for 55. So these guys are enormous at 55. You know what I mean? They're they're walking around at 200 pounds and they're like six foot one, six foot two. I'm like five nine, and I walk around at like a fat 180. You know? So I know I'm undersized for the weight class, but I'll do what I have to do in order to get to the next step, and then hopefully we could talk them back into letting me go back down so that's the game plan get back down to 45 and you 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 touched on it earlier about how you're fighting basically a a 145 or at 155 now quinones was bigger he was taller he had a longer reach i think hockren's reach is is similar to yours he's like a similar similar stature to you so it's it's pretty yeah i think it's even better he's like he's 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 a small 55 i think i'm a smaller 55 also yeah but uh, I think I'm a little taller than him, and he might, like, have a little bit of a reach on me, but, like, it's not like, yeah, Kionis is probably, like, 5'11", and he looked way bigger than me in the cage. Mm-hmm. Um, but you saw how that went, so, I mean. But, uh, yeah, I think it's a great matchup for me, stylistically. Hawkins is just perfect for me. It doesn't get much better. I'm curious, what's your training situation these days? Because I've seen a couple of fighters now, they kind of like to do their own thing. Look at Stipe Miocic, he trains in Cleveland, not really well-recognized gym. You kind of go like three different places, right? Well, I train at Henzo Gracie's, which is where I've been training. I train at Church Street Boxing, which is downtown, with uh, Jason Strout, who's my head coach. And then uh, my my grappling coach is Mike Jaramillo. He's John Danahar's first black belt. Wow. And then I go to my, I do my strength training at a Iron Lion performance, which is here in Astoria. So 
Uh, I cross train with some other guys, but I don't really go too far out of the way. I've I've noticed you've done training at Edge Wrestling also, right? With with uh, like Frankie and those guys in Jersey. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't see Frankie that often, but yeah. he's been there before. But yeah, I do my I go to, I go to Edge also, which is in Hoboken. I'm not there like consistently, but I see my coach from there a couple times a week. So we train like at Henzo's together also. But uh, yeah, Edge has been a pretty big part of it also. I don't know how I forgot to mention them, but. <laughs> Um, probably because I only get there like once a week, but, um, yeah, so, I mean, I wrestle at edge and I do my striking at church street and my grappling at Henzo's and I, I do a lot of MMA sparring at Henzo's also. So it's all the same group of guys though. We just go place to place. So you don't really um, see yourself ever going to like a big gym. You just prefer to do your own thing. Well, I mean, Henzo Gracie's is the best jiu-jitsu gym on the planet. Yeah. So it is a big gym, and Churchy Boxing has been around forever, so it is a pretty big gym also. We have a lot of pros out of there, so, I mean, all those other gyms are a bunch of bullshit. ATT, I just fought a guy from ATT, I raped him. Then you go to, like, <laughs> Black Zillions, they're not even really, like... They don't exist anymore, anymore, I don't they're... think. What's that? I don't think they exist anymore. Yeah, they don't even exist, like... And then what? Then there's, like, Black House MMA in L.A., I mean... <laughs> Everything is, everyone's the same. Everyone's a human. Like, you don't need to go to a, a big MMA gym to act, be like, oh, I'm cool. I train at American Top Team. Like, what? Because all these other guys came from there originally that I have to go there? No, it's not like that. They don't even get individual attention, all these guys. Like, a lot of guys leave those gyms because they're not getting enough attention. So, I get, like, individual attention. So, I think it's perfect exactly where I am. There was a big thing all over the internet too with uh, your coach Jason Strout, his his corner game in between rounds. That was the, that was like everyone loved that, and you you took it really well too, and came out and beat his ass in the second round. Yeah, uh, Jason's like probably the only reason why I'm still fighting. One of the only reasons. Um, he definitely has propelled my game like year like uh, so so much. He's helped me so much, and he he's a. Uh, He's under Duke Rufus, so he he comes from a like a really well-known tutelage in Duke, and um, so yeah, I mean, Jason is a man. He's pushes me beyond my limits, and uh, the results are the results are showing. How active would you like to be, like going until like 2018? You think you'll fight me three or four times a year? I would like to fight three, four times a year. I don't know if that's really going to happen, but probably like three. At this rate, I fought. By the time I fight in October, it'll be four months since my last fight. So that's like three times a year, I guess. But I would, I would take short notice fights if I was, if I was ready and healthy, you know. So I'm trying to get paid and fucking get the belt. So I gotta fight. And you, you've been, you've been ready to fight whenever they had given you a call after that last fight, right? I'm assuming if they would have called you to fight two weeks later, you would have stepped in and fought. I mean, if everything was, was like was right, yeah, like weight-wise, yeah. and I can't just, you know, I'm not going to take a fight if I'm not ready, but mm. um, I've been ready to get a fight scheduled, yeah, and have like a camp, like a good six, eight-week camp, yeah, I was ready for sure, so, but, you know, they didn't, they didn't waste, they didn't make me wait that long, Yeah. so. What's your old take on, 
like fighters pulling out due to a poor weight cut. I know you had the experience, but do you think not having an IV has been really detrimental to sport that these fighters really need to have an IV? Um, I think a lot of times what happens is that guys like cut a lot of weight and they wind up getting sick. You know, like they wind up catching the flu or they get like food poisoning or, or they get like, you know, like a head cold or some shit like that. And, and they feel like shit and like your immune system is really low, you know, when you're cutting all that weight. So it is easy to get sick. Um, but I mean, as far as IVs, I don't think you necessarily need them because you have to wait till the, after the weigh-in to use it anyways. So if guys are getting sick before that, it's because of whatever, you know, their immune, their immune system is compromised. So, I mean, I think it goes both ways. It's beneficial. It's not beneficial to cut weight. Um, but that's the sport, you know. So, see, we'll, see, uh, we'll see how it plays out in the next couple of years, I guess, you know. It's becoming a lot more common this past year. Like, I can't believe all the pullouts, you know, we just saw recently the yeah, yeah. fire in Japan, like he could barely stand up. Yeah, yeah. Then you had a Ray Borg. And, uh, yeah, it happens. It's happening a lot now. I mean, I think they're see, they see it too now, the UFC. It's not just like it's a one, an individual thing. You know, it's like everyone is affected by weight cutting. You know, even the guys that are making weight, they're still fucking suffering, you know? Mm-hmm. So they just didn't happen to get sick or they happened to make it and they were able to get on the scale. But now there seems like they're cracking down. So I think we're going to see guys moving up in weight more. You know, we've been seeing it a lot in the last year or two. Guys like someone like Cerrone, like, fuck, like, he's a fighter at 55. Now he's whipping guys' asses at 170. You know, you got all these guys moving up. So see what happens. Yeah, RDA is another one who just went up to yeah. 170, and he's been looking good at 170. He's looking good, yeah. It's crazy. So I, I want you to touch a little bit on, I, you, you mentioned this a lot, and you posted a video on Instagram today of you doing your boxing at Church Street, and you, you talk a lot about how boxing is very, that more, to be a successful MMA fighter, you should you should box consistently. Uh, you want to touch a little bit on that and why you think boxing is so important for the sport? Yeah, um... I mean, it used to be wrestling, which was like king, you know. If you have, if you were a good wrestler, you controlled where the fight is. But if you look at all the best and all the champions, they all have good boxing. Every every champion has good boxing right now. Every single one of them. So, I think that boxing really controls where the fight goes now because if you're beating the guy up on the feet, then the chances are he's going to try to take you down. Um, so... Like, you're controlling where the fight goes. If you don't... Well, when I say boxing, I mean, like, boxing with, like, real boxers. Like, like mm-hmm. getting rounds in with, like, pro boxers and really experienced amateur boxers. Because it's just another... It's just a different feel. The cardio, the amount of punches, the movement, the speed, the timing. It's all... It's there. When you spar a pro boxer and then you spar an MMA fighter who doesn't box, it's like a world difference and they feel, like, really slow and... And you see everything coming. So um, for me, it's just propelled my game a shit ton to to box with boxers, and and uh, it's it's make it's making it's making fighting way more easy for me <laughs> than it used to be. Yeah, the results speak for itself. You look at Cub Swanson. I think worked with Timothy Bradley, then Nate Diaz with Andre Ward. Have you seen these big time boxers link up with these fighters, and the results 
you know, you look at Cubs Swanson, he's knocking on the door, and then Nate, that guy's a millionaire at this point. Yeah, man, they're all boxers. Yeah, and like you said, a couple of the champions, the well-known fighters, the cyborgs, the Cody Garbrands, the Gegard Musasis, they they all have really, really strong boxing. And like you're right, you, you, you could push the fight where you wanted to go a little bit more. Yeah, man. It's, it should be all about wrestling now. But, but wrestling now still is good wrestling, so it's like... Yeah, that, I was going to say wrestling still is important. good wrestling, then you really control yeah. where the fight goes. Were you at least a little disappointed that you weren't on that MSG card, or was it a big deal? Yeah, I'm fucking... Of course, uh... What am I gonna do, man? Maybe I, maybe because I missed weight, they said fuck, fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> you never know what they're thinking, you know. And I don't really, get, you know, to be honest, like I don't give a shit, bro. You stick me on a fucking card in Antarctica, whatever, doesn't matter. I just want to fight and win, and that's all I really care about. But yeah, of course, I would have loved to have fought in Madison Square Garden. But I just figure they're waiting for me to get like my title shot, and that, like, that will be in the garden, you know. Yeah. Or even so, eventually Long know. Island. Fuck that. <laughs> I mean, I'll fight there, yeah, but if I'm going to fight in New York, I'm hoping it's in the garden, yeah. you know? Yeah, that's true. It's just I mean, that Nassau think... Coliseum crowd. They went crazy for Wyman. That's obviously Wyman. Yeah, Hensel's was like, is like three blocks away from Madison Square Garden, so, oh. I mean. It's really home. It, yeah, it's like, I can, you know what I mean? Like, I'm right here. I live in a story. Yeah, so. you take the N train straight, straight to. Yeah, I'm right to... there. I'm, I'm at Madison Square Garden every day. Yeah. So, I mean, it would have been cool, but it is what it is, you know? I mean, I know they're talking about uh, McGregor Diaz, or he wanted to have that in, in MSG. Maybe we'll get you on that card also. I mean, St. Paddy's Day with, with all the Irish. That would be ridiculous. Yeah, yeah right? <laughs> that would be ridiculous. So, so going uh, forward... Oh. One day. Oh, one day. So, so going forward, looking you know, next year or two, like, I... Because your story, not to get into it, because you know, Sean Alshadi wrote an excellent piece on it. Do you hope maybe you could do something with Fight Pass? Because you, know, you want to see these fighters get more recognition. And given that your story, how incredible it is, uh, then maybe be any talks between them? With with who? I'm sorry? Like, say, Fight Pass. Like, they should be, like, I think your story should be a fighter profile based on how crazy like it is. special or some shit? Yeah. Yeah, that, that sounds like a great idea. <laughs> Um, or like a 30 and 30 or whatever they call them on ESPN. Um, yes, I mean, that would be, I see something like that happening in the future, definitely, especially once I get my name out there a bit more. And, um, I mean, my real goal is to, to use fighting as a platform to help other people that were in my situation. Um, so yeah, I don't see, I see something like that in the future for sure. We just have to see how it plays out. I just got to win fights first, you know? No one really gives a shit about you unless you're a well-known person. So until then, which I know it's going to happen, then uh, I'm sure we'll figure something out. Now, uh, is anything changing since now it's a much further way to travel? Are you going to go to Brazil earlier? or you have not really figured that all out yet? Well, it's only an hour difference in time because it's only south. It's yeah. not like yeah. it's not west or east. So they have us getting there on the 24th, which is five days. Well, we're leaving in the 23rd, so we get there the 24th in the morning. Okay. So, no, nah, I mean, I'm not leaving any earlier than I normally would have. But yeah, you working on your Portuguese? It's gonna be fun. 
I'm actually dating a Brazilian girl right now. So she's but teaching. All I know you? is like two words. <laughs> And they're she, all like curse words and shit. So yeah, did she explain to you the whole chant that they do in Brazil? Was it Vuka? Yeah, they scream like you're gonna die or something <laughs> like that. That's cool, man. I don't really care. Like, if I die in there, then that's what. It, <laughs> and that's what I signed up for. But as long as they don't treat you like they treat they treat Matt Brown. No, I don't think I'm gonna. I don't think they'll hate me that much. Yeah, how crazy was that? What was that a couple years ago? Like he got legit punched yeah. in the face. I mean, he gave the whole, he gave them the finger. That was probably a stupid idea. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But it's not, it's like he's fighting Damian Maya, probably the nicest person I've ever made. Like just the whole situation behind that was nuts. No. Yeah, it was crazy. They like punched him and threw cans at him. <laughs> Interestingly enough, I know I know Anik, uh for the I think it was right before the Long Island card. I guess he had. Uh, he had Shane Burgos on his show and he was talking about his MMA knowledge. So I want to obviously not nearly as big as John Anik or have that kind of knowledge, but I do want to advocate you as MMA knowledge. You're always on Twitter. You're always watching the fights and, and putting it out there. So I think you're someone that people should start following and getting MMA, not news, but MMA, like getting MMA knowledge from, because you're, you're, you're a huge fan of the sport as well. You don't just do it. You live it. Yeah, um, I think I know a couple things about MMA. <laughs> so, um, yeah, you make a good point. But, um, you know, I don't really try to go out of my way to sound like a know-it-all, but, yeah. like, sometimes I watch fights in it. And, like, uh, I just see certain things that certain fighters just don't see. Or, I mean, the fighters that are fighting, like, some of them just don't know certain things, and I could tell that their coaches aren't teaching them certain things. But that goes both ways. Maybe I don't know some things that they don't that they know, you know. So I mean, I just point out certain things during fights on Twitter, you know, that are quite obvious, you know. But some people are just blind to it. So I mean, but that 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 also goes back to like getting individual attention. Mm-hmm. Like I have a pretty, I've got some real like. I get a lot of like one-on-one time with my coaches, so I think that helps me break it down. It's better than some other fighters know how to, but I don't want to sound like a know-it-all. But I'm not sure how close you are with him, but is it cool seeing Paul Felder get some of the spotlight? I know he can't even see FFC. Yeah, Felder's a good buddy of mine, actually. Um, yeah, it's really cool to see him get up there, man. We fought in CFFC together, and I've known him for for a good couple of years. Me and Eric actually hung out with him in uh, Atlantic City. Remember, Eric? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, Paul's a good friend of mine. Uh, we have the same manager. We had the same previous manager. We trained a lot together. I stayed with him for a while at Cerrone's. We, um, but, yeah, he's been like uh, – <clears throat> he's like uh, he's kind of like an older brother. I don't want to call him that, but he is like five, four or five years older than me. <laughs> He'd be so pissed if he heard me say that, but uh, but yeah, he's kind of like been like almost like a mentor in a, in a way, you know, like. So, it's really cool to see him get in, get on Fox, you know. Now, bringing up the CFFC, that's it's become this huge. I don't, I mean, it's brought out these huge fighters. Now you have you have Felder, you have Aljo, you have yourself, you have Burgos, you have Zhu, who just fought on the last card, Zhu and Yanwu. Uh, he looked good for for taking that short notice fight. Um, you have Jimmy Rivera, who's getting Dominic Cruz. So you're coming out of like a really high-end regional promotion. Yeah. 
Uh, CFFC's done a great job in the last couple of years. Um, so they're, they really produce a bunch of really good fighters. But uh, Rob Haydeck, the president, or he was the president now. He, I, I don't know what his position is anymore with CFFC, but he is the owner. Mm-hmm. But I don't think he's considered the president anymore. But whatever. They, they've done a, a fantastic job with building fighters and, and getting, getting recognition. And there's going to be a lot of more guys coming out of there, too. you got Sean Brady. Mm-hmm. Jonathan Webb came out of there. Yeah, um, right on the show. A bunch of guys. Lyman Good fought there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Anthony Smith. Tim, Tim Williams just got signed. He's out of, he fought for CFFC a shit ton of times. A lot of guys. So. Um, I think Kelleher fought I know there I'm missing too. a bunch, too. T- Anthony Smith, I think, fought there. Right? He's, he's still oh, yeah, listed Anthony as their Smith champion. He's a champion. He's a monster. <laughs> he's a fucking monster, that guy. Um, but, yeah, they've done a great job. And, and uh, I, I fought on there, like, the CFFC return card. It was the first card after CFFC went bankrupt, and then Rob bought it. Okay. And they had their return card, and I was actually on their first card back. Hold on a second, my dogs are fucking going nuts. <laughs> hey! Enough! The fuck? <laughs> Mom, do something about these animals. Hello? I'm sorry. <laughs> fucking dogs are fucking beating each other up. But, um, yeah, I remember being on their return cards. It was called CFFC Returns. And that was like in 2011. I was like 21 years old. And now, now they're like a monster conglomerate, uh, regional promotion and, uh, and uh, they got me to UFC to help. They helped get me here, so big, big ups to them for sure. Jared, we appreciate your time. Uh, do you want to let people know where they can find you on Twitter and anything else you want to plug? Uh, I can never remember my Twitter name. <laughs> <laughs> Is it like Jay Gordon uh, MMA, baby? I think it's Jay Flash. I think it's Jay Flash Gordon MMA. You gotta get used and, uh, to this, man. Instagram. More <laughs> interviews, you gotta let these people know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how I forget, but I do. Now and on Instagram, uh, Jared Flash Gordon. Last thing, uh, is there anyone? I know this is kind of a, a cliche question, and you're not looking forward, but uh, can we get? Is there any inside scoop of who you may call out when you get the victory? I haven't even thought about that yeah, at all. Yeah, figured. <laughs> Um, Just enjoy yeah, Brazil. I haven't thought about that at all. Well, I'll figure it out. You'll see. I don't know. That's a good point, though. I should probably figure something out. All right, man. Sorry. I don't have an answer for <laughs> it's that. It's all good. <laughs> you versus Mickey Gall. Let's make it happen. Another CFC Actually, my guy. buddy's fighting him. Oh, Ricky Brown, my right? My buddy's yeah. fighting Randy Brown. Oh, yeah. Randy Brown. Yeah, yeah. All right, Jared. Thanks for coming on, man. Really appreciate it. Uh, have fun in Brazil. Uh, good luck in camp. I know you got another another about a month left in camp. Uh, man, thanks thanks for coming on again. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Have a good one, dude.